Hello and welcome to Affable Chat, the only podcast on the internet that's brought to you by Caffeine. Caffeine. Okay, now I'm hyper. My name is Benjamin (laughs) (laughs) and I'm joined by my co-host Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're talking about Muppet Treasure Island. Shiver my timbers, shiver my soul, yo. Sail their ship across the ocean blue, a bloodthirsty captain and a cutthroat crew. It's as dark a tale as was ever told of the lust for treasure and the love of gold. This is a musical action-adventure comedy. Directed by Brian Henson. The cast includes frog, pig, bear, rat, and other assorted animals. Also, Nigel Thornberry. I watched this movie on YouTube. Joey, how did you watch it? I also watched it on YouTube. I purchased this one on YouTube because I have to have it in my digital collection. That's how it is now, dude. I don't think I'm going to have like a bunch of physical copies of movies, but I'm starting to collect some digital copies of movies. Yeah, I find that kind of scary, honestly, because they can just revoke it at any time. You know, it's not like you actually own any of it. Yeah, it's but, all stored in the cloud. But do you remember, ah, dude, I don't want to be a hoarder, though. My I mean, my parents, they had so many DVDs and like so many of them never got even watched. They I just, have so many DVDs too. I have like shelves. I have like a couple shelves of them in my apartment, just because I don't know. I like the physical stuff of it. You know, it there does look books. cool. It's like a step down from uh, books. Like it's just like yeah, less well, impressive. Yeah, I think it's. I books. think it's like. I think you could make the argument. It's pretty similar, honestly, and especially if it's stuff that you actually like. You know, That's like true. I mean, I there's books that I've listened to an audiobook that I like put on another list for I want to own the physical copy because I just like the idea of having the actual physical copy um, so I can just come to it anytime and not have to listen to an audiobook. I don't know. It's, it's a, a thing I like. I like physical things like that. Well, this one I've got digitally. Why don't you go us for, for this digital movie that I have now purchased? Why don't you give <laughs> us the synopsis? A kindly cook cooks up a plot, a plot to steal some treasure. He plans to take it all for himself to lead a life of leisure. But Gonzo, a rat, and a boy see straight through his ploy, and with song and dance they stop the cook for all of our pleasure. Very nice. We uh, Thank you. we have a poet here on the podcast. I will take uh, virtual golf claps or snaps. Snaps, yes. <laughs> Put <laughs> snaps in the comments, you guys. And um, so yeah, that that's basically that's like believe it or not, that's one of our more accurate synopsises of a movie, um, and it's. It's just, I don't know, it's just the Muppets, man. I love the Muppets. I'm so I'm surprised we've gone this long uh, without doing a Muppets movie. Uh, this actually comes to us as a request on Twitter. It comes to us from Andrew Larson, at Larson's, with two Zs. Uh, he told us, do Muppets Treasure Island next. And uh, we hit him with a couple of those, uh, well, we hit him with that like. And then uh, (laughs) we had a couple other Apple Chat listeners call in to voice uh, their opinions on this film. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and listen to those and respond before we get into it. So here we go. Hey, Apple Chat. This is 
Gabriel. I heard you guys are doing the Muppet Treasure Island podcast. It'd be awesome if you played Sailing for Adventure. That song is classic. And uh, also had an idea about uh, The Black Spot, thinking that um, they should bring it back. You know, that'd be really cool if we still, like, uh, you know, introduce The Black Spot in certain, uh, you know, social situations. Anyway, just thought. Thanks. Love the podcast. Thank you so much, Gabriel, uh, for calling in. That is, uh, <laughs> we will we will be playing uh, Sailing for Adventure when we get to the music yes. portion of this episode. So stay tuned for that. But what do you think about that idea, Joey, of bringing back the black spot as a, a, a you know a part of our uh, our culture? As, uh, in it sounds like Gabriel has someone in his life he just wants to get rid of. <laughs> And he wants a method to do that. Right. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing we're not actually going to be killing anyone because we can't condone that. But what, what kind of social situations? Cause I, for me, that, there's an obvious one that jumps out, which would What's be that? breakups. You know, instead oh, okay. of actually, because uh, like I think it's instead more of going through the minutia of saying, "Oh, this is why I don't want to be with you anymore." You just give them a piece of paper with a black spot on it. Yeah, and then they like because every time in this movie that we see the black spot used, it's uh, like to a huge reaction. Like there's yeah. a huge uh, response from whoever it is. They're like, what? They're like so offended and, and like outburst. Maybe that's appropriate. You know, you break up with someone mm. with a black spot and then they get to like, you know, totally boil over in front of you right. and then your relationship is over. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could do that over text, couldn't we? Yes, but, a, but I feel like for a black spot. But I feel like in this part, like <laughs> it's it's uh, it's understood, you know, that they're going to be there mm. to witness it. Right. It's, the, it's all see. about delivering it in person. Right, but not actually with any words. It's just like this is an official, but is, is it an official thing? Like it's just like a piece of paper. Any piece of paper with a black dot on it works. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's. I think it's mostly for me. the The most intriguing part of it is hand delivering it. Okay, and so you, you want to hand deliver someone something to make them upset is essentially the idea. <laughs> well, and, and but I think there's some implication that they had it coming or that it's deserved, you know? I this see. is like a symbolic gesture to say it's, it's, like you're, it's officially you're out of the over. club. Yes. Yeah, this is okay. Okay. I'm trying to think like the only thing I can think of is like when uh when somebody is just like chewing super loud in your in your group and it's just like <laughs> sitting there, you know, <laughs> munching away. And you're just like, I can't stand this anymore. Here's a black spot. Get out of here. You have to leave the table. <laughs> yeah, please leave. Can't sit with us anymore. Or even maybe if you're in a band and you have to, somebody is doing 20 minute guitar ballads every concert yes. and you, you can't have them in the band anymore. So instead of having to like discuss it, you know, because basically the rest of the band has already agreed they're out. You know, you're just delivering right. the message. There's nothing they can do about it. Black spot. Right, and then he'll have to go off and be a substitute teacher or something. Something like that. Who knows? That's like totally outside of the realm. Totally absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I like that idea, Gabriel. I maybe, uh, <laughs> may, maybe, maybe someone will bring it back. If we see it, we'll let you know. Uh, I think it's dangerous to introduce something like that because it just invites you to be the subject of the black spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we have one more phone call. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, play that one now. What's up, Ben? This is Chris Stanley. Uh, you know me, a great friend of your brother. Uh, as you know. So, so yeah, Chris uh, Stanley. What's up, Chris? Um, first off, thanks for calling in. 
and um yeah we we are i can agree with you uh we do go way back chris and i actually used to work at the mall together uh with oh, really? my brother yeah we were quite a uh dynamic trio triple threat trio at the mall um so yeah <laughs> thanks for calling in all right let's let's keep this message going Muppet Treasure Island means a lot to me, as very similarly to you and Gabe. I grew up on the Muppets. Dare I say this is the best of those early Muppet films? I think it's neck and neck with the original Muppet movie. But if you really just want to go, like, musical number by musical number, I think this film has the best score of any of them. To this day, the opening number with all the pirates going to the treasure chest, that number still slaps. B- big agree. I, I mean, that's why we played it as our like intro soundbite for this episode because it does such a perfect job of uh, of setting the tone. Uh, what, right, Joey? Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree. I really, really like that song. I think it's awesome. I love all the little like crabs and like the the snakes and the alligators like puppets come out and they're all singing about this. This like it's like it's so ominous too. It's just like. Like when there's when there's money in the ground, there's murder in the air. So uh, I love the intrigue, but I don't think the movie delivers on that ominous uh, message as well as it does in that first thing. Like it really sold me on the movie, and uh, that is the song I liked the most. But the rest of the movie is so silly, which you expect from the Muppets. It never really delivers on that same tone. And, and we'll get into this later in our discussion. But I I think they carry that like undertone of like the being a pirate is actually really savage and 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 like deadly and cruel and terrible but because it's all puppets and silly they kind of gloss over it but we'll get more into that a little bit later boom shakalaka still slaps and for my money also has the funniest moment where you know miss piggy is like falling down all the stairs and none of the other pigs know what to do if they start going boom shakalaka again and then she turns around and goes Chatting to themselves, God, that always killed me. Um, Sailing for Adventure, Cabin Fever. This movie songs still hold up and slap to this day. Chris, you're absolutely right, and I'm going to say the same thing we just said to uh, Gabriel. Stay tuned because we're going to be talking about these songs in detail and playing portions of them, so you can uh, treat your ears uh, just a little bit later. (laughs) If you're going for a good Muppet movie. You want excellent musical numbers that all have humor with great story and dialogue in between. This movie snaps all of that together. Again, I think the original Muppet movie is the only one that comes close to matching what this one brings. And I hope you guys do it justice on the podcast. And by the way, when are you two ever going to have me as a guest on Affable Chat? Slightly offended on that. Either way... Cheerio, boys. Cheerio, Chris. Um, we uh, we do hope to do it justice. We're in the middle of it right now. We're going to do our best. And also, we'd love to have you on. So um, I think I'm going to be reaching out to you soon about organizing that. Um, but yeah, and, and the thing about the Muppets is I feel like they consistently deliver on quality. So it's hard for me to put one above the uh, any of the other ones. Uh, but this one <laughs> definitely does bring the quality, especially on the, the songs and the humor. Yeah, I, I agree. It's pretty fun. Okay, let's. Uh, so, just a reminder to the, our other listeners: you can call in. Feel free 
uh, to dial that number. That's 833-600-2428. Yes, that's 833-600-CHAT. Call us anytime and we'll play it on the podcast. You heard it here. That's right. Okay. Let's talk about this movie. Uh, let's start with our pros. Joey, what did you like about Muppet Treasure Island? Um, it's fun, it's silly, and it's everything you expect from the Muppets. Um, there's some amazing entrances for both Kermit and Miss Piggy. Those are some of the highlights for me in the movie. Um, Tim Curry is literally an island full of treasure. Um, and some of the most <laughs> impressive uh, Muppet, there's some of the really impressive puppet work. Um, and it's seriously funny um, at, at times. There, I mean, when I laughed, I laughed really hard. Yeah, I agree. This movie is just a silly goose time. You don't have to take it very seriously. You can just let the Muppets take you on that journey and just have a good time uh, from start to finish. Uh, like what we were discussing a little bit earlier, I like how they try to slide these really savage undertones uh, into this movie because being a pirate really is, you know, cutthroat if you want to use it that way and um i like how they didn't exclude that even though this movie is very lighthearted and kid friendly they still have some of those things you're like wow did did that puppet really just say that you know inside of this hilarious and lighthearted song about sailing um so i like that tim curry is amazing uh he he really He's great, and we'll talk about him. Uh, there's just good swashbuckling action in this movie. Like, if you are into the pirate aesthetic, I think that this movie delivers uh, so well on, th- oh, on yeah. that part of it. I, I think the ending is really satisfying. Like, it, even though I think throughout the movie, you're kind of trying to figure out what the point is, at the end, <laughs> I think it comes to something cohesive. And also, I died the whole time. I, I totally forgot, because I've seen this movie before when I was a kid, but many times. I totally forgot about the rat cruise ship subplot. Oh my gosh, that's and so good. And it kept good. coming back. It's <laughs> such a good running gag. And it's it's really good. And it, nobody, it, it, it almost can't happen unless it's this format, which is puppets. Like, it's just so funny. Uh, so I, I thought that was really great. Um, okay, moving on to our cons, things we didn't like. I thought that the plot was just insanely convenient there are so many examples where it it doesn't even it it truly does not matter what's happening they're going to get from one thing to the other and it doesn't (laughs) matter like for instance the half-wit squire uh, trelawney played by fozzy bear his his reason for funding this is he's like what else are like half-wit rich half-wit sons for like they didn't have to convince him or anything he just is like okay i'll give you all my money you dirty kids like and um like getting rid of mr arrow like while it was funny and it makes him kind of look stupid it's way too convenient that he's like oh yes it would be so unfortunate if my keys were to fall into the ocean so let me just give you my keys like come- yeah but he does come back too like they have to set up him like leaving so that he can come back right but the 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 point was so that uh, long john could get to the map and it's yeah, like yeah. that's how he got the keys was they literally just hand it to him um and then sword fighting against the pirates at the end where they just they even though these are cutthroat pirates, again, they're just easily defeated by the good guys. Like, the good guys are all miraculously much just, better just at sword fighting. waving their swords around. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, and I want to, you know, put this all in context. None of this really matters. It, it's it's all in good fun. Um, but as far as a movie goes, like, that, re- the plot is just super convenient. Um, and a lot of things that happen in the movie end up not really mattering all that much which again i don't want to say that's too much but as far as like if you're going to compare this to like film uh in c- cinema it's like okay their plot is just insanely convenient 
Yeah, um, I my cons kind of go along with that. Like the whole time, I couldn't couldn't stop thinking, what is the real story of Treasure Island? Like, I think I read it in a bridge version like a long time ago when I was a kid. Um, but like, I couldn't. I remember some of the characters, and I've seen Treasure Planet, but I don't remember how much of that was you know uh, true to the to the original story. So I kept wondering like, how much of this is adapted for the Muppets? Like, for example, that's that whole uh, Sam Arrow thing, like. What happened with the first mate in the, in the, like, the real story? Did he actually get put on a lifeboat and like cast out to sea and then they thought he was dead and then he comes back at the end? Or was he actually killed by Long John Silver secretly and then thrown overboard? Like I was I kept thinking about what was the actual story and it was I was really distracted by that. I felt like the tone wasn't that consistent. You said like you liked the dark undertones. I don't know. I I I was swept away with the silliness of it, which I really liked, but it there were moments with like the moments where there was only humans on screen that were like very dramatic um that i felt like weren't earned as as well as um the silly bits are Are you referring to like can you bring up an example like where yeah so like uh when um jim and uh, jim is letting uh, long john go yeah there's that like emotional t kind of uh dilemma that he's in that he's should he um, you know should he tell on him and then get him killed or should he let him go um, and I mean, that's like a powerful moment that this movie doesn't really earn. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, there, there, I feel like there's that, that, that dramatic bit is really relying on the original story, um, uh, for sure. But the, and also, um, there really aren't any stakes for puppets. <laughs> like if they fall from a cliff, they don't die or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Like there's nothing, there's nothing going to. There's nothing that's going to kill them. There's nothing that's going to hurt them uh, permanently. Yeah, so yeah, no. it's just, uh... I have a great example of that is when they're in the inn at the beginning. And oh, yeah, the, yeah. the gunpowder line is following them, which is a hilarious bit. Like oh, seeing yeah. like a group of puppets sprinting left to right across the Did you the notice so that they funny. switched the order of them too? That was, so that was so funny. So like first it's like the band of pirates. Then it's Gonzo and Rizzo. And then it's the, and then it's the spark, right? Yeah. And then when they when it comes back the other way, it's the opposite order. Gonzo and Rizzo are going first, and then the group of pirates, which are all also in opposite order, and then the spark. <laughs> it's uh, well, and then that leads up to the actual explosion, and you see this guy standing on top of a barrel of gunpowder. That's where he ends yes. up after all that running. He ends up standing on top of a barrel of gunpowder, and then he explodes, and you see the whole house explode. But then you see him, that exact same guy, with his head popping through the roof, and he's just like, "Ouch." <laughs> <laughs> like obviously it was painful but it, it, he was fine same thing with rizzo and gonzo actually like when they're outside and they're all charred like yeah. rizzo's like i'm in tremendous pain but that's all <laughs> that's it that's the extent of his pain so um yeah I, I get that as well so and again i feel like the muppets get to just cancel out all these cons because they're the muppets you know they can they can right. do what they want they have they're almost their own genre uh, okay that's our pros and cons let's move into our overall and um, overall section about the movie. This this movie is so much fun. Uh, one of my favorite things in life, honestly, is to sit back and let the Muppets take me on a wacky, hilarious, fourth wall demolishing adventure. Keyword adventure with this particular Muppet movie. I love how pro adventure this movie is. Um, <laughs> it's it uh, is like the the setup is good to make you just want to get out of your current situation whether that's being an orphan working and getting yelled at in an inn or just your boring normal life uh you just want to go out there and see the world right and um yeah. our main character i guess jim ladd is kind of bland in my opinion um 
what yeah i totally agree. yeah <laughs> but i jim jim jimmy but yeah he's he leaves a lot to be desired but well yeah he's just also a kid well for me yeah and you know how harsh i am of a critic of child actors for me uh his blandness allows him to be kind of a audience surrogate on this adventure where you can mm-hmm. kind of see your you can kind of just copy and paste yourself over jim uh, because there's nothing there already. So you're just filling the void and you get to kind of experience the adventure through his eyes. I actually think of it as like a video game where you play a character who has like a name and a backstory, but you you play them, you know, and everyone just treats you like you're special. Not because your character actually is special, but it's because you're the main character, you know? Yeah, that really is how it feels. Right. So that, that's what I felt from him. Um, and then Gonzo kind of be, is like your friend, like, and then Rizzo is your more reluctant but still endearing friend and um so even though today it's more apparent to me that he's not that great uh jim i feel like as a kid i really kind of identified with him because i was just a kid and i was like oh i'm i'm jim you know i get to go on this adventure with the muppets too yeah 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 i mean that's exactly it. he's an audience surrogate for sure. So, and and I guess maybe that's not hard to mess up, but I feel like he filled that role fine. Um, I think like I I think the Muppets do such a good job with these like film adaptations uh, because there's this one and there's the previous movie, which was the Muppets Christmas Carol. They also did a uh, Muppets Wizard of Oz. Yes. Oh, which is also good and has a g- amazing Tarantino uh, cameo in it, which is so good. Um, <laughs> But it, the reason these are so good is because they have s- characters that are already well established within the Muppets universe. So instead of having a new puppet play some character in this, uh, you know, in Treasure Island, they have a recognizable Muppet who is basically an actor in this movie playing another role. Right. I like that a lot. I like how like the the. The um the actors are Muppets, but they're also still themselves. You know, like they just inserted Kermit and Miss Piggy into uh, Treasure Island, um, and they're playing other characters that are supposed to be. They have lines and stuff, but they really just act like themselves. Right, and and this movie, I think f- it follows the formula. And and again, this is just because it's the one I'm most familiar with. It's the most. It's the Muppet movie I'm most familiar with because I watch it every Christmas. But Muppets Christmas Carol and this movie have a similar. Uh, format i think where you have gonzo as kind of like the uh, excited adventurous um like guy who goes along with you who in in muppets christmas carol he's the narrator but in this one he's just the guy who witnesses everything that you witness as well um or that jim witnesses and then rizzo is the guy who's like i don't really want to be here this is all crazy and and that leads to funny situations so i think they follow that same format and it works here um as well but then you get all these other characters like Fozzie gets to be this the halfwit rich son Sam Eagle gets to be uh like gets to rep USA in another situation where he shouldn't be repping the USA like you notice he's wearing red white and blue right no I didn't notice that yeah he's, he's wearing like a striped uh red and white shirt and then he's got blue on the outside so it's like it's subtle uh, but he's also still very much himself, Sam Eagle, who is all oh, yeah. about the USA. In The Muppets Christmas Carol, he's he plays a professor. He's a very minor role, but he plays the professor who te- or headmaster who teaches Scrooge about business. And he's like, "You must succeed in business. It is the American way." And then <laughs> and then someone like whispers to him. He's like, 
uh, it is the British way. Because you know? they play themselves within the role, which, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. so funny, which makes it so Muppets, you know? And, and there's plenty of other characters who are not, this is not their first Muppet film. There's plenty of other characters that fill in or just fill a role within this one. And as a Muppet fan, it's fun to see them there. Um, I, yeah, like the Swedish chef, right? He just shows up. <laughs> yeah. And of course, they, they, they break the fourth wall there to be like, how else were we going to get him in this film? Yeah, 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 some cannibals or something. Well, yeah. Did you see them? They they put a nose on him. He had a pig nose, the Swedish chef. Oh, I didn't notice. That's how they got him. That's how they justified his... Because nothing else about him changed. He was still <laughs> wearing the Swedish chef outfit and speaking Swedish. Or, or Swedish with air quotes because obviously he's not speaking anything. Um, but his, he, they put a, a very fake looking pig nose just to be like, oh, he's the guy who prepares food for the tribe. <laughs> which, uh, That's great. Which is hilarious. They, they constantly poke fun at themselves for how ridiculous their movie is, uh, which is another reason why I love the Muppets. But um, speaking of Muppets being like playing roles, Kermit and Miss Piggy two huge stars don't come in until way into the film. Kermit, uh, he comes in 28 minutes into the film and he rides uh, in a horse and carriage, which I thought oh was... Oh my gosh. Well, I thought it was interesting because the horses were real horses. In The Muppets Christmas Carol, and I might not be completely right on this, but m at least many, if not all of the horses that were pulling carriages and stuff were, were Muppets. They, could, they were horses that could talk you know okay and yeah see well this is what it actually got me when i first saw it because like they, they do this a lot for like uh for movies where they'll they'll set up some like dramatic reveal when they're about to show like a cameo like you notice that in like i don't know if you remember in interstellar when they're about to reveal that matt damon's in the movie uh they're like they have this they linger on the fact that you don't know what this guy looks like you know they're like about to open the thing up and they're all pausing looking at each other and everything it's like a big like you, like it's a big pause to, for everyone to pay attention oh look someone important is about to show up they do the same thing here but it's a totally exaggerated you know it's like oh my gosh like he starts streets away and everyone's like the captain is coming the captain is coming <laughs> everyone lines up and it's just like it's like it's going through the streets and people are yelling oh my gosh because like you know he's, he doesn't care he's the captain he's the most important guy and then he finally finally they open up the door and they, this big guy comes out and you're like who is that and then he steps aside and there's kermit and i'm like oh my gosh why didn't i see that coming <laughs> Oh, and he was looking sharp, too. Oh, yeah. With Kermit, that wig and everything? Oh, yeah. Kermit, oh, he's so good. And and that's kind of, like, as far as just retelling the story of Treasure Island, it is cool to have Kermit play, like, a big role. Like, Kermit is one of the more competent and, like, can be serious actors as far as Muppets go. Uh, and, yeah. it, and it is cool to see him get, like, a big part, even though I don't feel like he's responsible for carrying much of the plot. No, he's really kind of a supporting role. Yeah, um, which, again, is, I think, a credit to this whole movie that they don't have to rely on the star power to get things done. This is also comes back to waiting until around the 70th minute to put Miss Piggy on screen. And she also has a very grand entrance. Oh my gosh, she has a real elephant in hers. Yes, again, a real elephant, not a, not a Muppet. It's a actual <laughs> elephant. Even though the Muppets do have very large, like they could do an elephant if they wanted to. Yeah. So I thought it was an interesting choice to have real animals because there's also real chickens in this movie. 
Oh, really? Yeah, when, when when Kermit is approaching the ship, the, when the captain is coming, there are chickens that are, like, scurrying around the street, which for me was totally bizarre. Cause, <laughs> well, because there are a lot of chickens in the Muppets, really. Uh, so I started to make me question why some chickens are Muppets and some chickens aren't. But I guess there are also human Muppets as well and real humans. So anyways, um, I just wanted to point out they waited so long um, on these big stars because I, I think they were allowing some other characters to get some time in the spotlight. And, um, and I think that that is just a credit to this film. Oh yeah. So it, like just going on about how great the Muppets are, there are so many scenes in this movie where there's just countless Muppets on screen. And, and Oh my gosh. Yes. And to me, it's just mind blowing how they even get that done logistically. How do you have this many, how do you have this many people's arms in the air moving guys <laughs> around in, in sequence and making it all look so natural and smooth? It's crazy. I actually watched a little bit of like a behind the scenes uh, video um, that was like accompanying for this movie. It wasn't really, it was still like a Muppets thing because they interviewed the Muppets as if they were actors, like trying to figure out yes. what they did in the movie and stuff. It's kind of, it's really silly, um, but they do have a couple of moments where they talk about what it's like to have everything done. And Tim Curry mentions like that uh, when, uh, like one of the things they do is when they have the Muppet, on their hand you can't talk to the person you can only refer to the muppet it's like a per, like thing of professionalism okay and um he he says like it's weird because you just get used to it like you just start talking to them as if they are like actual people and that was like a big thing for brian henson too he's like you have to make sure that the actors are treating the muppets as if they are just at, like other other characters in this world he wants it to seem like uh the, the humans in this world have grown up with muppets just always around them and that that's a natural thing I like that. It's so, like uh, method acting almost. Oh, yeah, it kind of is. And it just kind of adds to the realism a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's so many moments where it's just like that, like that Muppet's never seen again. Like you see him on screen. He has like a couple of seconds where he's on screen singing and then that's it. The, you know, the, whoever spent hours and hours designing that, you know, cloth crocodile, they get their one little like words and then that's it. Like, you know, there's so <laughs> much like detail and so much work that goes into this movie. Um, and it's incredible, like uh, how many different like hands how many different muppets there are it's it's so cool yeah and, and also just all at the same time too that, oh, that's yeah. that's what really impresses me in and that, synchronism yeah yes. with the, what's the sailing for adventure song where they're on the boat right um they're they're like uh, there's so many of them they're like in the in the the mast or, or like on the sails and on the deck and it's just like a whole ton of them yeah and there's a part where the the camera starts up near the um Matt, no, no. What, what do they call the steering wheel on a boat? They they said it in the movie. Steering wheel. The well, helm. The helm. Yes. Where they start at the helm, and then the camera recedes through, like down the boat, and there are constantly more Muppets moving in front of you. So there's there's like real motion going on here. It's not just pointing a camera at a set that's where everyone is already hidden, and like people are moving to get in front of the camera, but it all just looks so natural and real and and you don't even have to think about it you know it just happens so smoothly so i mean and you could you could say this about almost any muppet movie but this one uh definitely also has really impressive just muppet magic going on and uh, oh my gosh yeah well, what about like so when kermit and miss piggy are hanging from that rope how are they doing that i have like, no idea like it's natural for you to put your arm above your head but like how do you put your how do they suspend them so that their arms are going down and then there's those scenes where they're talking, but you can see their entire bodies and they're swinging in the wind. I have no idea. It's so crazy. 
I, I like yeah. Muppet Magic, man. They're 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 real. <laughs> I was just like, there were so many moments where like you don't even notice because they're it's done so well mm-hmm. that you don't notice how how well it's done and like that you don't think, oh wow, like how is that even logistically possible? But that one like took me out of the movie just because it was so impressive. I was I, I'm just blown away. Me too. And it's like you can argue that's like, oh, you're watching a movie that has puppets in it. That's for kids. I would argue like, no, dude, like this is kind of more impressive than it's just a being very people. impressive technical achievement yes i agree um but you you said his name a couple of minutes ago and i we definitely have to harp on this tim curry was so good he's the abs- he's the perfect long john silver and absolutely oh, yeah, shows yes. up on behalf of humans in this film <laughs> yeah he totally steals the show as i think he should um i i sometimes think it's hard to tell when someone is like a truly exceptional actor but when you're kind of surrounded by puppets, a literal child, and essentially a bunch of singing extras, it can be super clear who the talent is. You know, like it really shines through. So like you can just tell, like he just he has so much charisma, but he's playing this really like complex character as well. Um, and he's perfectly disarming and charming, and he's just like the classic pirate in so many ways. I um, mean, it really does elevate the movie for you, like. It, any other person this movie would not like would not be a success as 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 it is with tim curry um and it really makes me want to read the book and find out just how much of long john silver he really is yeah i agree and could be that is part of it too the the complexity of long john um is something almost he almost extends beyond what this film requires it's like wow oh, yeah. you're actually a, <laughs> a really good actor like and i think uh he's also an inspiration for other swashbuckling buccaneers in cinema like the way that he acts and the his choice of words and just his expressions it's it all just fits perfectly into what you think you should be as a character named long john silver and and frankly i think the restaurant chain long john silver is doing a massive disservice to the character of long john silver (laughs) because he's excellent that's uh, that's hilarious um oh man you just sent me down a, a little rabbit hole in my in my mind. Do you know where Starbucks comes from? Uh, no, I don't. It comes from Moby Dick. Moby Dick. There's really? A, the first mate in Moby Dick is named Starbuck. Wow. That tells you how much so was... attention I paid in uh, English class. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that book sucks. I hate Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Shoot. Something about Tim Curry. Oh, okay. I remember now. So one of the things I saw in that little documentary about the behind the scenes was Brian Henson um, and Hans Zimmer and and the, uh, the two that wrote all the music for this too. I actually can't remember their names right now, but they, uh, they always talked about how um, the key to making the Muppets work is for everything to be played as straight as possible. Like you want the actors to be really like, like acting like they're in a dramatic role. You want the, the music to be um as spot on like as if it was in a pirate movie as possible you want the music the score to be just as dramatic and as like grand as you would for any other film and the reason that like it's funny is because it's the muppets like because there's puppets and it's just absurd in general the muppets add like are the absurdity everything else needs to be in contrast to that um, and I think this movie does a really good job. You just mentioned how Tim Curry like goes above and beyond. I think I think that's true, but I also think that's what's necessary for it to work. You need to have that that the dramatic actor who's very talented um, to contrast with the absurdity of a world with with puppets. 
Yeah, no, and he he does such a good job of this. And if you're a fan of that dynamic, you have to see Muppets Christmas Carol with Michael Caine, because it's the same it's the same thing. It's mostly puppets playing or Muppets playing every other role, and then Michael Caine being literally Scrooge. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yes, and and it, I mean you know who Scrooge is? He's a you know a miserly like cranky old fellow played by like old ass Michael Caine. And it's it's similar, honestly. Uh, like Michael Caine is so highly regarded as an actor, and Tim Curry is also very good. But I think uh, Tim Curry matches that level of expertise as far as being like the human who has to carry all of the responsibility yeah. of being the human that interacts with these these Muppets. Definitely, it's 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 awesome. All right, we ready to move on to our cool Easter eggs? Yes. All right, why, why don't you go first? What do you got? Okay, so I got I got one that I don't really understand. Um, so in the in the beginning, uh, when Billy Bones dies, they pull open his chest and he has a book that they pull out, which they linger on so long enough for you to read the cover. It's Henry Kissinger's Diplomacy. I have no idea what this signifies. Like, for what, the only thing I can think of is that it's very timely. So because it, it came out, the book came out in 1994. This movie was released in 1996. Um, Henry Kissinger was a national security advisor and Se- secretary of state. Um, and he wrote this book, Diplomacy, which is about like how to act in international relations. Apparently, it's very good. Um, Henry Kissinger is famous for his wit, um, which I guess kind of is piratey. Um, and may- people allege that he might be a war criminal. Um, so maybe that's also piratey. So I don't know how this fits together. But Well, I-, I was reading the IMDb fun facts, and this one only has 16 upvotes. Uh, so I don't know how accurate it is. But they okay. do talk about this. They said, while searching for the treasure map in Billy Bones' trunk, Gonzo and Rizzo happened upon a copy of Diplomacy by Henry Kissinger. Alex Rockwell, who headed the project development for this film, is his daughter-in-law. Okay. So maybe it was like, hey, father-in-law, look at this little... So it's nepotism. This little meme. Yeah, I guess you can call it nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> In a really weird I way. Don't, I, okay, that's, but I also couldn't see Italian. how it went deeper, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the meaning is. If you know, tell yes. us. Call, call us. us. 833-600-CHAT. Uh, that's right. 833-600-2428 or tweet at us, email us. We have a, a whole bunch of ways Any we can get into, yes. in touch with us. Uh, one other thing is kind of small, but... Um, uh, Miss Piggy's character is named Benjamina, uh, which I feel like we should be calling you uh, during this uh, review, just for um, you know old times' sake. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, growing up, I thought that Benjamina was a more normal name. Like my name is Benjamin, so I was like, yeah, obviously there's a there's a feminine version of it, Benjamina. And anytime I would like use that as a reference or be like, and I'll be Benjamina, people would be like, that's not a name. Like, nice job saying a name that doesn't exist, idiot. Like. <laughs> Okay, gosh, you guys haven't seen well, Muppets Treasure like, it's, It stands out to you because it's very absurd. Like, why would, like, why would she be named Benjamina of all names? But it's because she's playing a character, uh, Ben Gunn, who is uh, a man in the original Treasure Island. So, uh, Muppets on inclusivity here. Yes, and uh, as while we're talking about the um, female characters in this film, the female characters in this movie kick butt. Uh, I can think of three like prominent ones. There's at the beginning, uh, what is her name? The uh, the owner of the inn. Oh yeah, um, Mrs. Blumfield or something. Something like that. Oh my gosh, Mrs. Uh, Blueveridge, played by Jennifer Saunders. 
Yes, Miss Blueridge, or however you pronounce it, totally hands out punishment when the pirates try to invade her inn, uh, which is great. Miss Piggy, as always, is handing out gut punches and crotch kicks. And even when they're doing the roll call, the like most savage, brutal like name of all it goes to like the one woman on board. It's like uh, like ugly, fat, pig-faced, like, f- like man-eater or something like that. It's like some, yeah, yeah. some really ridiculous name, and it was just like, this beautiful woman um so yeah i i, I love the way the muppet kind of uh defies your expectations with that it makes women some of the toughest characters um so the other thing is uh one last little quote here or i guess easter egg uh there's a couple of different um references to other movies i think it's just a it's a very typical thing for muppets uh i don't think i caught all of them but here's uh three that i caught so First of all, uh, Gonzo at the beginning, he says, sailing on the seven seas on a five-year mission to boldly go where no man has gone before, which is a direct quote from uh, Star Trek, uh, admitting the seven seas bit. Um, the next one is, uh, of all the black backwater, no-class piles of sand in the ocean, you had to wash up on mine, which is what Miss Piggy says uh, when, uh, Kurt, when she sees Kermit uh, again. And this is, of course, a reference to Casablanca's, of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world, she walks into mine. And then finally, uh, uh, Hermit says to uh, Miss Piggy, don't cry for me, Benjamina, which is, of course, don't cry for me, Argentina, uh, which was a, um, a song on the concept album Evita by Julie Covington, which was later uh, adapted into a musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm impressed, Joey. I, I, that, uh, to boldly go where no man has gone before, I recognize that one. But these other ones, that's pretty good. Did you recognize those yourself? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm sure so, there's more too, but I wasn't paying that close attention. So <laughs> this is why we have you on the podcast here. This is because you got you got the big brain, the big cinema brain. <laughs> big brain. Uh, so I found this one on IMDb Fun Facts. So, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> totally legit. So apparently, Hormel Food Corporation, they are famous for making spam and among other products. But spam is one of their products. They sued the film production company for making the character named Spa-Am, the, like, the chieftain of the uh, island tribe, and this, because, like, in this movie. And their suit was defeated, and the judge had this amazing quippy line uh, after making his decision where he said, One might think Hormel would welcome an association with a genuine source of pork. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I, I actually read more into this because I don't know if you can trust IMDb, fun, like their uh, trivia section, but I found like a newspaper article from before and apparently Hormel was worried that because Sp-Am was kind of a bad guy, like they saw him as a antagonistic character sure. that they were worried that that would damage their brand. I think that's, they didn't even watch the movie. Like, they must have heard there is a character who, and here's what he looks like, and now let's sue somebody. Just another frivolous American lawsuit, I think, because I don't think Spa-Am, I kind of forgot he was in this movie, really. Spa-Am, what an iconic name, though. Like, he, the only thing he does, his that, best that's line actually is like really That's actually really true, though, because, like, I when, he, I when he says that, I'm like, wait, is Spam pork? Like, I didn't know it was anything. <laughs> well, his best line for me was the, we see you have boom boom stick. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, so amazing. <laughs> like, I'll charge in, like, all, like, we're going to save the day, and then they all retreat immediately. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> 
Um, also, another IMDb <laughs> trivia fact. Uh, Tim Curry is apparently a huge Muppet fan. And after this uh, movie, they gave him his own Muppet likeness as Long John Silver. No way. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you can, you can Google it and see like him sitting next to Long John Silver, Tim Curry, which is pretty, that's, pretty awesome. There's, there's a little quote from the uh, behind the scenes, too, from Jennifer Saunders. Uh, and she says, like, like she says something along the lines of when you're in a Muppet movie, that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> and, and like when you get your own Muppet, that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's yeah, it's super cool. Um, OK, that's our fun facts. I think it's time to move on to the part we've all been highly <laughs> anticipating, which is the songs. Yes. And I, I think it's just important before we go into songs to point out that this, the soundtrack for this movie was by Hans Zimmer who yes. famously also did Disney's Lion King. And Interstellar, and so many other movies. I mean, he's he's probably the most famous uh, like score writer or, or whatever that uh, that term is in so, Hollywood. When you, when you bring Hans Zimmer aboard, you know, you get what you pay for. This, this, there's so much good music in this movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right, so the first song I want to talk about is Shiver Me Timmer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit, a little too much of the rum this morning, Joey. (laughs) More, more rum, please. Smashing all the the horrors. Shiver Me Timbers, which is the first song that plays, uh, which introduces the whole movie. This is my favorite song. It really like sets the tone. I was laughing and just like so intrigued uh, throughout this whole thing. Uh, there's like three different verses and all these different Muppets that you see that are totally unique to this song. Um, and I, I was, I was seriously like blown away. I don't really like you. You say there's some dark undertones, which I think you'll get into, but I, I really don't feel like the movie lives up to the ominousness of this one song i think like all of the the stuff about how it's just like everyone's gonna cut their their friend's throat for a bag of guineas or a piece of eight a piece of eight eight. (laughs) and they like that doesn't really come up as much especially especially in contrast to one of the later songs professional pirate where basically uh long john says none of that is true it's all bad press so like i don't know i don't i don't know if i i necessarily agree with your I, I don't agree with your assessment that this movie sticks to its dark undertones uh even though i really really like this song well let, let, allow me to defend it because while okay. I, I i think it's something that's recurring and maybe it's not consistent and it also doesn't really meet like reach a uh, point where like a climax of like this is really what we are getting to you know but there's the parts of the song really it's just the the bad apples that are in the crew who are consistently bad people you know where they talk about it's like the part of the sailing for adventure song where they talk about wanting to like i i love to see them cry as they walk the plank and it's like i prefer to cut a throat like i love to the way they try to walk in the air when we hang them it's like 
whoa, dude, that's <laughs> really dark, you know? And um, it, it's even though yeah, but that's like hinting at what's got what's coming you know yes. because they have they have that whole thing where they introduce the crew and captain smollett's like hold on like who did we hire for this job like <laughs> a bunch of scurvy pirates like uh, so i don't know I, I i think that lends itself more to that more so than the necessarily darkness that they did the uh, they say is coming, I guess. Sure. And, and I, I guess they never deliver on that. But I think you can't properly represent pirates without showing that they are savage, bad people. And also, like, so moving on to professional pirates. It's how you look at buccaneers that makes them bad or good. And I see us as members of a noble brotherhood. Hey, ho, ho, oh, I'd love on the road to poetry and And before we lose our tempers, we will always count to ten. On occasion, there may be someone you have to execute. Ooh. But when you're a professional pirate, you don't have to wear a suit. What? I took that as them, it's like, uh, you know, saying something, but doing something else. Because right. while they're talking about how good like natured pirates are they're literally doing the opposite we'll never stab you in the back as one of them literally gets stabbed in the back and falls over <laughs> and they just toss him to the side and then another one like steals like a gold like little bracelet from the other one you know so the, i feel like they're saying something and doing something else so being dishonest the, which is also very much a pirate quality it's like the alt-right argument i guess <laughs> it, it, honestly i i think yeah if we, if we want to get <laughs> a topical here i think it really is it's like we're saying something that is just not true it's like oh we get bad press as they're doing the bad press thing you know yeah the uh, thing that they get bad press for exactly so like another like another one of the, the lines in uh professional pirate which of course great song uh they it's like before we before we get angry we always count to 10 it's like but you still get angry like you're, that doesn't make it better like you're trying to you're making the argument like oh it's fair though like we might get outraged and kill people but at least we counted to 10 first we did our best to not do that you know so i i felt i don't know and i guess it depends um how where you want to draw the line as far as like delivering on the promise of this first song shiver me timbers because um you're right shiver me timbers does seem pretty dark like it, it, it does set the, yeah. the like there i don't think there's ever a point in this movie where we're truly fearful for anybody or anything really um terrifies us like in the muppets christmas carol when the third uh the the ghost of christmas future i think the the one where yeah. they basically they're like hey scrooge if you don't change your life this is going to be your horrible uh future the gonzo and rizzo get so scared that they actually leave and it's just you and Michael Caine because it, it, it delivers on like that darkness and that never happens yeah. in this one. Um, so I see where you're coming from, but I, for, for my purposes, I feel like I was satisfied with, uh, what the shiver me timber set up. Okay. And it's a great song. Um, it is great. So the next song is, uh, something better, which is the song that Jim Ladd, Jim, Jim, Jim Lad and Jim Jim Jiminy Jim Jim Jim. Yes, and Rizzo and Gonzo set up uh, our sing in the inn. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. When I could be an explorer, sure you could. sailing off to distant lands, well, not so fast. Instead of spending every afternoon just getting dishpan hands, my future looks like nowhere that I want to be. There's, There's gotta, gotta be, be something, something better. better. 
something better. There's gotta be something better than this for me. Well, now you're so yeah, this this is such a hopeful song. That's what I. <laughs> that's the quality I love the most about it. And. <laughs> While it is perfect for this part of the movie, you could also apply it to your own life if you're having a bad day or, or like you're not loving your current situation. You're like, there's got to be something better. You know, just having that. Listen to Kevin Bishop singing in the falsetto. <laughs> that was a little bit off-putting, his uh, falsetto. Here, I think it works, but later in the movie, I was like, why is he still singing falsetto right now? <laughs> like when he was singing that, especially when he's juxtaposed with Long John, I'm like, um, we, oh, yeah. we get that you're a little boy, but like, dang. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really like this song. Um, and uh, I'm just happy I get to listen to it again and come back to this movie. All right, so next one is Sailing for Adventure. And here, here's a little bit of that song. When the course is laid and the anchors weigh, a sailor's blood begins racing. With our hearts unbound and our flag unfurled, we're underway and off to see the world. Underway and off to see the world. Hey ho, we'll go anywhere the wind is blowing. Manly men are we. Sailing for adventure on the deep blue sea. Safely now, Mr. Silver. Let's not get sloppy just because we're singing. Danger walks on deck. We say, what the heck? We laugh at the perils we're facing. Every storm we ride is its own reward. And people die by falling overboard. People die by falling overboard. Hey ho, we'll go anywhere the wind is blowing. Boys, the sails and sing. Sailing for adventure on the big blue wet thing. Oh, great. This is such a great sailing song, man. Oh, yeah. Makes you want to get on a boat, honestly. <laughs> um, but it's also great production quality. Like we were talking about earlier, this one is just so visually appealing. They really commit to this whole, the set is just a boat, and how many different ways can we utilize that? Whether it's like taking advantage of the crow's nest or just going down, yeah, like yeah. looking at the boat from the side. Like it's, I don't know, it's so unique. Um, and the song itself is so nautical. Like there's just this pirate aesthetic. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a it's very like a she's uh, sea shanty, she yes, shanty. Yes, <laughs> sea shanty. <laughs> yeah, they uh, in that behind the scenes uh, little thing I watched. It's uh, they they actually have a real ship that they that they put on a flight simulator thing. So like somebody was actually controlling the movement of the ship to make it seem like it was swaying in the waves and like in the wind and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it never really feels for me like a green screen set. Like it, it I, for me, it still gets the point across that we're out um, in the ocean. There is one moment that's pretty egregious. Wh which one? <laughs> when they're on, when uh, Long John and Jim the are crow's on nest. The, the bow, where they're like, uh, when the, uh, the, the, the rats are having their little romantic uh, dance and then they cut to uh, Jim and, uh, oh, and yeah. Long John. Yeah. And they're, and they're talking about their fathers or whatever and it's just like the most green screen star sky you've ever seen it's so funny um yeah, yeah no i definitely i agree with that but um yeah th <laughs> but just this movie just like pushes this idea of uh wanderlust and just celebrating the idea of traveling on the sea and i just i just love it yeah and like it's I mean, I didn't catch this the first time, but just listening to it back now, it's almost a little diegetic because, like, uh, 
Sam Eagle's like, don't get sloppy just because we're singing, like implying that this is actually happening and everyone on the board is just singing. And that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, we're, they're all, they're all puppets. So why, why singing is not out of the realm of possibilities here. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So next song I want to talk about is Cabin Fever. And I, I love the way that this one kind of sets in with like the trippy visuals of everybody's like, yeah, like the bending and like the, the, what, the stretching of the, yeah, so yeah like the zooming in on the eyes of that big furry guy. Like, <laughs> so here's a little bit of that song. Oh, we've got cabin fever. No ifs, ands, or buts. We're disoriented. And demented. And, and a little not. We were sailing, sailing. The wind was on our side. And then it died. I like to get my hands on whoever wrote this script. See, I was floating in the tropic moon and dreaming of a blue lagoon. Now I'm as crazy as a loon. Gavin <laughs> Fever is ravaged all aboard. This one's proud vessel has become a floating cycle one. We were sailing, sailing, and who knows where. So good. That's the best song. It's, that that one and Shiver Me Timbers are tied for me as the best song. It, uh, it's so it's so Muppets. Because even though this movie kind of focuses on this nautical aesthetic and they do it so well, this is an opportunity for them to go just bananas and do all these different <laughs> styles of music. And they all, they're all they all so good. I know. Especially, like, a, it's just all so absurd. And, like, it starts off with, like, what, like, reggae, or, I guess? And then it, like, moves into, like, swing dance. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, like, some German yodeling. <laughs> and we're just saying random German words. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and... Uh, and and it all looks amazing too. Again, it's still happening oh, yeah. on this boat, but it's this completely new like lighting and all these new props that have come on and everybody's taking on new personas. Yeah, I like how the uh like the extras that are like the the humans on board are like really get into it too. Um and they're like dressed up in like the like the hula skirt and like he's with the with the uh what they called um maracas, maracas. yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it's so good two of my favorite like <laughs> quotes from this song though is like the guy who's like they're all going insane and one of the guys who's insane is like i'd like to get my hands on whoever wrote this script <laughs> like what kind of pointing out mid-song that this is totally ridiculous that this is even happening and then and then the song that really encapsulates it is kind of clever it's like um you know like where they're saying like we have cabin fever they're like now that we're all here here, we're not all there which yeah, is hilarious yeah, yeah. I, I died laughing when i heard that <laughs> that's a good line uh so oh and like uh what's his name uh clueless the goat uh, references the song a couple minutes later when they when he's locked up in the um in the brig uh with the other miscreants um he's like what was that singing up on up deck he's like cabin fever do, 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 do. like singing <laughs> along with it yeah he's uh like yeah this song is it's so memorable it, it, even though it has no impact on the rest of the movie because immediately <laughs> as soon as the wind begins everyone doesn't have cabin fever anymore and they're like oh uh that was embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's, yeah, it's, it's great, great song. that's such a great moment 
Um, okay, so this last song, um, I, I just wanted to comment on it. Love Power is the song that plays during the credits, and it's performed by Ziggy Marley. Uh, so just uh, like low-key, another big-name artist who got to have their impact on this movie. Very cool. Okay, let's move on to our quotable moments. Let's hear some more audio from this movie. <laughs> and I've got the first one right here. Boys, look at the state of this place. How comes it gets to be such a pigsty, huh? <laughs> no offense, men, gentlemen, sirs. No offense, men. So this is one of my favorite running gags throughout the Muppets is they just love to make fun of pigs. Like, they love to make pigs look like pigs. Like, it, they always want to eat more food or, like, they're always concerned with where their next meal is coming from. And, like, also, like, the wordplay here, like, saying that it's a pig's thigh and the pigs who are patrons at this inn are like, hey! <laughs> that's a, hey, hey, that's offensive. Uh, and then she follows this up by saying, like, don't forget to come by tomorrow. Our lunch special is roast suckling. And then the pigs all look at her and she's like, potatoes <laughs> and then a potato walks out <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait does it actually happen yeah she's like the little potato woman walks out and she's like no offense no offense. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i love that it's just uh because this happens also in the muppets christmas carol where uh there's a scene where there's like some background there's some pigs who are talking about scrooge um and they're like that that was a fantastic breakfast mm, yes yes all right what's next Let's go have some lunch. Okay, go capital idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so I, I love making fun of pigs. Uh, okay, next quote. <laughs> oh, and you must be Master Hawkins. Yes, sir. Oh, you needn't be calling the lowly ship's cook, sir. Long John Silver, at your humble service. But we're just cabin boys, Mr. Silver. Long John, to his friends. And believe me, lad, a friend you can trust is worth his weight in gold. So if we were going to make an argument for setting up that dramatic scene at the end between Long John and Jim Lad, I think this is all we've got uh, is, the, <laughs> is this uh, a friend you can trust is worth his weight in gold. Because despite his treachery, despite his you know two-facedness, Long John does like gym lad yeah well there's that moment at the um when they're at the uh the treasure place right where, where, the, where the where the treasure is supposed to be and the um the pirates are all going to turn on him um and he he basically fends them off so that jim can escape um and there's i mean there's moments where they they spend together uh that you know kind of work out and of course long john is kind of doing this for his own purposes uh but it does seem like he actually does like him and actually wants to be kind of a father figure or at least at least his friend um uh just because he he, he thinks jim is a good person um and which is uh, it just makes it interesting i think it, ma it makes the dynamic interesting and, and different yeah and and that going back to that last scene between long john and jim you know there's they're friends and they're trying to decide if like who's going to tell on who like who's going to shoot who or blow the whistle and there's yeah. gold in the boat and then they end up sinking you know there's a lesson in there you know there's, there's something there um and about I, like the weight in gold yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to really put it into words but it, there's something in there and uh and and this is kind of sets it up and i believe it to be true i think that uh valuing your friends is super important and uh, despite what those get rich quick commercials may tell you, uh, we may be overvaluing gold. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have it. Okay. 
I got a couple of jokes I want to go through. First one is... Old Tom. Hey, hey. Real old Tom. Hey. Dead Tom. Hey, hey. <laughs> this part cracked me up so much. First of all, like, I mean, just like the idea that they're like progressively getting older, but then dead Tom, like, they don't even pretend that he has a voice, even though he's also a puppet. The, <laughs> the other puppets, like, fake a voice for him. It's so hilarious. Like, oh my gosh. Like, obviously, all the all the puppets are are not making a like a real like re making real noises. I mean, like, they're people down there. But then this other thing, the the puppets are puppeting, also gets a fake voice. <laughs> it's hysterical. And then this comes back later when they're, uh, after the mutiny against Long dead John. Dead Tom's dead! Yeah, he shot Long dead Long John shot him! <laughs> oh, man. And there's so many hilarious names in this. Like, it all kind of spawns from the name Long John Silver because they call his name first. And then they were like, Short Stack Stevens or something is the next guy. And he's a, like, he's a little person. And then, like, bl like Black Eyed P. And uh, yeah. uh, all these hilarious names. Like, that, that roll call bit is classic Muppets, especially when they go to, like, Headless like Hank or something like that. Yeah. And they can't, can't find him. <laughs> and he just salutes <laughs> oh man yeah that's oh, that's, that's so classic fun. Muppets right there I love that the black spot yeah you dare to give me the black spot he, he told me to Shut up, and it's drawn on a page from the bible you tore a page from the holy scriptures to make a pirate's death sentence here oh the red hot gates of hell are creeping open satan is eating his bunkers for you you blasphemous heathens fall down on your knees and beg for deliverance from damnation! Very good. You're forgiven. Now untie me! And let's go find the treasure! I think this is an example of a couple different things. First of all, this is like reinforcing just how crafty long john is when he's literally about to be killed tied up by all of his mates um he just talks his way out of it and he doesn't say oh like i have a great plan or something he just makes them feel bad uh for writing on on a page of the bible and that's what gets them to like you know fall over he just like he knows what makes people tick and you can see that throughout the movie he like you know he tricks mr arrow into sailing off by himself and like and then basically killing him or marooning him um he tricks jim with the whole i left my crutch on deck trick oh yeah that um, old trick <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that moment when he's like he brings in the brandy right and he's like it's very clear he's he's trying to kill them uh, by poisoning them uh but captain smollett doesn't let it happen so there's a there's all these little moments where where john john try to tries to talk his way into um 
into getting what he wants. And this is just a great example of that. It also is like another example of the conveniencenessness of the yes. plot. Yes, yes. Where like everything is just like falls into place exactly how it is just because. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but hold on. Yeah. But while, I'm glad you brought up that Brandy scene because it also is one of my favorite Fozzie Bear bits where <laughs> he's throwing out all of the Brandy. Yeah, well, because Long John claims that this Brandy is like his original thing. It's from years ago. You know, it's this great drink. And Fozzie is just so indecisive. He's like, all right, for himself a glass and they're like no drinking on the ship he's like oh well rules are rules throws it out <laughs> and then he's like oh no but you really got to try this okay all right we'll do it like uh so and all the other muppets around him are also like oh like just as indecisive as yeah, him, yeah, yeah. just as fickle uh yeah i uh that's a good bit as well so yeah and, really and it's uh furthers this belief that pirates are super super are super superstitious <laughs> uh, or just superstitious they uh, allow these beliefs that they have to overpower or to frighten them mostly uh, into doing foolish things and this isn't the only time so at least it's consistent definitely okay Joey I believe you know what time it is it is time for us to go a little deeper, deeper, deeper. okay so I want to talk a little bit about how Muppets or puppets work um, I found this great video which was accompanied by a uh um, like a script that you can read online from Short Sleeve Club, Short Sleeve and Tie Club. Um, it's on the YouTube channel. Um, it's on the YouTube channel concerning reality, um, and they talk about how this works, kind of uh, in depth. They um, they talk about both uh, Muppets and also the the puppets in uh, Sesame Street, which are also Muppets. Uh, one of the like Kermit, um, the way he works is he's actually a hand and rod puppet, so. The, you have a hand inside of him, and then his arms are controlled by a second hand that's off screen, which is like holding a little rod with some like monofilament for his hands. Um, and he actually has a little knob in his head that you can turn to move his eyes around, and that's how they control the eyes. Ah. They also do. Um, they also use Velcro or magnets to like help them carry things. And there's actually a little bit from that behind the scenes thing where the guy says he talked to some like tin tin maker or something tinsmith who made him like little tiny uh like cups and stuff and he said that they were perfect because they were just light enough that the muppets could actually hold them and then so what they usually do is attach them permanently or semi-permanently to the muppets so that when they're every time they're in that scene they're carrying whatever that thing is and they can't necessarily pick it up and put it down they also have uh like let's talk about big bird the big bird is is actually is pretty interesting He's a uh, he's his arms are actually connected together and are controlled by one arm. So, the in the picture they like the left arm is in the one wing and it's connected through like a wire uh, to the right arm. So every time he lifts the left arm, the right arm goes down. And every time he lowers the left arm, the right arm goes up. And it gives him like this really realistic looking motion. The other arm goes straight up into his head. So that's how he gets he look, looks so tall. And he also can control the beak and control the head and everything like that with your with your arm, uh, which is uh, it's pretty interesting. There's a whole bunch of different like techniques for this kind of stuff. And it's, it's used exceptionally well in the Muppets, but you can kind of sometimes see the rods in the corners of the screen and stuff and how they're controlling their arms and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's insane to me how natural they make it look because not oh, only yeah. are they controlling these puppets, but they're making them interact with the real world. Like it's, you're, it's like, it's like you're talking about Big Bird. Um, if you did that uh, explanation that you were looking at have like an image of like a X-ray of what Big Bird looks like. 
Like, I, yeah, kind of. I've seen that, um, and obviously it's not actual X-rays. It's just you know showing you see-through. Yeah, it's just a, a picture that they've drawn. Yeah, and, and it's it's crazy to look at that and then to realize that Big Bird comes across so naturally and so gracefully, uh, in in whenever you see him, that you yeah. almost forget that there's somebody in there. Yeah, and it's not just like someone in like a in a mascot's costume. It's like it's it's more complicated than that, but it still has this very realistic looking motion. It's it's, it's amazing. It's what makes Big Bird better than Barney, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. That's right. We're a pro Muppets <laughs> anti Barney podcast starting right now. Um, and also I've seen like that image of like what is inside of Big Bird photoshopped to be like so, something horrifying. So uh <laughs> So it's, uh, I don't know, it's super cool. I, I That to me is Muppet magic and, and a lot like real magic, I kind of don't care to fully understand it. I'm okay with Kermit being so real that he just seems like a real thing, you know? Yeah. Like he, what is it that uh, that uh, Penn says from Penn and Teller? Penn Gillette, he says, um, the secret to every magic trick is the secret has to be ugly. You can't get an aha from knowing what the secret is. Otherwise, it's not magic. Yes. And even though this does kind of give you an aha, because it is, it's pretty cool. Um, but I also just enjoy being totally uh, enamored by the, the Muppets. Yeah, it's it's really immersive. And they do such, a, they're some really talented people. Okay, so for my deeper topic, I wanted to talk about Sea of Thieves, which is a video game. Uh, have you ever played it? You ever heard of it? Uh, I've heard of it, I think. Okay, so. I think what, it's like one of those ones I always see commercials for. Well, it, um, really? <laughs> it might, well, anyways, it's a game. I have it for <laughs> Xbox. I'm sure it's for other platforms. Oh, okay. It might be something it's else. It's a, in just the way I look at it, it's a pirate simulator. You become a, you know, whatever pirate and you and your friends online can form a crew and then you go sailing on adventures. And it has every single like basically every single pirate like uh typical pirate thing like there, you can in your boat you can climb into the crow's nest your guns are like muskets like single fire weapons there's sword fighting you can find treasure maps you have a compass that helps you to navigate and you can count your paces you can find like messages in a bottle that will lead you to buried yeah. treasure you have to load your cannons and you can get into like battles with other pirates like the way that the game works is it's kind of an open world free roam thing but every time you play you're in a world that has other people real people playing in it as well so you might be sailing along in search of buried treasure and you come across an another pirate crew and you can decide how to interact with them you there's like ways you can communicate so you can decide to be friendly with them or you can go into a battle and maybe sink their boat and when you sink their boat all their treasure will ride like will float and so you can there's like an incentive for you to sink their boat or you can communicate with them and team up and then attempt to accomplish something that's a little bit more challenging that requires more people but there's nothing stopping them from mutinying against you and totally betraying you. That's like something people <laughs> like to do is there's these explosive barrels. So you can like team up with some other pirates and then when they're not paying attention, bring the explosive barrel into the bottom of their boat and explode it so that they're suddenly sinking and you can steal all their stuff just like a real so pirate. So is that like a is it like an online thing? Are you interacting with other people? Yes, it's all online. Although there are oh, wow. there are NPC boats uh, that are, I don't know what they're called, but they're like uh, 
basically they're full of skeleton crews so those ones are a little more easy to defeat and it's something that you don't have to interact with other people with but the part of the nature of the game which i feel like is very similar to what it would really like to be a sailor or a pirate when pirates existed was you can't like turn that part of the game off like if you want to play the game you are at risk of being attacked and totally destroyed by more talented and more uh like dangerous pirates uh which is super fun wow. but just going on i mean beyond that um you you have to raise and drop the anchor you have to uh use the helm to to uh steer the ship you can raise and lower the sails you can change the direction of the sails because you have to catch the wind you have a spyglass you can look through storms roll in and you have to navigate through the storms and really importantly and just like not just the muppets but pirates in general music is an important part of their mm. lives and you have instruments that you can play and if you and your friend play instruments at the same time you play together and it like makes the song that much better you actually get an achievement if you play instruments at the same time as four other people uh so you can like all you know create a big a great melody going together um and there, another thing is running ashore, like crashing into the sand is a very common part of this game, especially when you're new, because you're trying to learn how to park your boat when you're pulling out to an island. And that also happens in this one where they like crash into the, the sandbar. Um, also, the, the part in the in the movie where Kermit's like, who hired this crew? Um, I hear myself. <laughs> that's kind of the sentiment a lot of the times because captaining a boat, especially a large boat with a larger crew, because the crew sizes can vary. You can have as small as a two-man boat, which is a sloop, uh, or you can go to a galleon, which is uh, a four-man boat, which is much larger. Has Instead of having one mast, it has three masts, and you have to raise and lower each set of sails. And uh, if you can't work together, you're going to have a bad time time so uh it's important to have a talented cohesive crew and my final point i could go on and on this this really it's a pirate simulator uh the the, the thing that <laughs> is most important to me is that the adventure is better than the reward you can go on all these adventures and basically you're just accumulating wealth you know you find buried treasure yeah. or you uh deliver something for someone and they pay you uh and then you can buy like in-game stuff like a new hat or a better looking boat uh, but the adventure is way better than the reward. Who cares if I have a virtual like pirate hat? Uh, but <laughs> but I've had some great actual adventures with my friends uh, playing this game. So uh, my message to you, the listener, is if you love the pirate aesthetic and you want to live the pirate life, Sea of Thieves is a very good pirate simulator, and you should give it a try. Did you ever play um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag? No, but last night I was doing a little R&D for this episode by playing Sea of Thieves with uh, our good friend Cooch Boy, who's been on the podcast many times. And when I told him, I was like, this is the best pirate simulator. He was like, well, actually, Black Flag. <laughs> and I, I haven't played it. Have you? Black Flag doesn't sound as... I haven't played Sea of Thieves, but Black Flag doesn't sound as um immersive as that one does you're you're trying to you're in control of the whole ship and you have like a whole crew of people and you're fighting other npcs but like like you get to do all sorts of cool things like when you upgrade your ship you can have cannons that shoot from the from the front you can have like broadside attacks and stuff you like it's this really interesting dramatic kind of like uh fight where you have to circle around the ship to try and like avoid their broadsides but then hit hit them with yours because it just destroys it. And there's all this satisfying cracking yes. and stuff. Then once their ship is like down enough, you can board them and fight the crew. Um, and then you can either take like, take the ship or just sink it into the sea and like let everyone die. It's cool. That, that um, is cool. That, 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 that's, 
I haven't played a lot of Assassin's Creed, but um, that one was really fun for that specific thing. And one of the things you got to do was sing uh, sea shanties. You could like collect them, and then uh, they would they would your crew would sing them. They were always pretty catchy. One more thing I would be remiss to uh, not mention about. Uh, sea of thieves is you can get drunk uh, which is also an important part of being a pirate you you have like a, a uh, you, you can have a different cup whatever you want you can that's another in-game item you can purchase and you can fill it with mead and then if you drink enough of it fast enough you will totally lose control and start stumbling <laughs> around and your vision gets all blurry and it's freaking hilarious and it's a huge problem if your crew likes getting drunk too much because it makes it super hard to sail <laughs> Uh, so amazing. it's 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 really fun and uh, like the when i first bought the game it was pretty new and it was pr- it's very simple when we were playing it last night they have added so much to the game and it's free so they continuously upgrade it or add dlc for free which is pretty cool so see if these awesome. check it out if you're into the pirate aesthetic okay that's going to do it for episode on muppet treasure island it's time to deliver our ratings joey are you ready I'm ready. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first. I give this movie okay. a gold necklace made of Spanish doubloons because very nice. I think it's, I think it's great. <laughs> I, I want to give it something good because I really truly did enjoy it. I give this movie a bag of guineas or a piece of eight. Nice. Yeah. I'll do anything for those. <laughs> um, okay. So that is going to do it for, uh, this episode. Um, What's next, Joey? What what even is next? <laughs> hey guys, Benjamin uh editing here and we actually when we originally recorded said a different movie what we were going to do next, but then we realized after that we need to do an episode on El Camino, which is the Breaking Bad movie that just came out on Netflix. And so that's what we're doing next. If you've seen Breaking Bad and you haven't seen El Camino yet, you got to see it. Um it's great. I've already seen it. I'm going to watch it again before the episode, but make sure you go watch that on Netflix and that'll be our next episode. We're going to have two very special guests, Tony Stank, who's been on the podcast before, and Nick Heredia, who has also been on the podcast before, both bona fide Breaking Bad experts, and we're excited to talk about Breaking Bad, which is one of my favorite shows, with them on the podcast. So look forward to that on our next episode. If I do say so myself. Um, okay. So that, that's what you have to look forward to. But don't forget, as always, you can call our toll-free number, 833-600-CHAT. Yes, that's 833-600-2428. Hear your voice on the podcast. It's so easy. It definitely is. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review wherever you find our podcast. You can also reach us on Twitter at AffableChat or send us an email, AffableChat at gmail.com. And we also have a YouTube channel. It's called AffableChat. Check it out. That's right. So that's going to do it for this episode. I love the Muppets. I hope that we return to them sometime soon. Uh, But for AffableChat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to AffableChat. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or want to request something for us to talk about, you can reach us at our Twitter account, at AffableChat, or our email, AffableChat at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.